Welcome to How to Stop Wanting Him Back, a podcast on not just getting over your ex, but into yourself. I'm Claire, the Heartbreak Coach. Let's make what feels impossible possible. Hey, loves, we're at episode 74. Let's talk about vulnerability. I can't believe that we're at episode 74 and I have not made this topic the sole focus, but let's be real. Do I ever keep any topic the sole focus? Nope. And you guys keep listening and I love you, my loyal listeners. So let's attempt to stay on topic. So I'm going to start with the definition of vulnerability, the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed either physically or emotionally. So we're going to talk about vulnerability in the context of the emotional vulnerability that one experiences in her love life. I find it really fascinating, and I was inspired to to do this episode because of a few clients who are moving through some vulnerability resistance, and I am probably one of the most vulnerable people I know. I actually had a colleague of mine from my mastermind group interview me on her podcast, Simone Gray Soul. If any of you who are listening who are coaches and you want to learn how to write some amazing copy and market yourself, Simone is the answer. I can link you up to her in the show notes, but she brought me on her podcast. We just recorded, so it hasn't dropped yet. And she wanted to talk to me about my positioning with being very vulnerable while also being authoritative. And I thought, wow, thanks for having me on. I never even realized that that was my positioning, but I actually totally agree with it. I just hadn't thought of it like that. You guys know that I just moved. If you've been following me for a while, I moved from LA to Santa Barbara, where the love of my life lives. And I have gone through a rough patch in this transition and have just come out on the other side. And I dug deep and I leaned in and I was super transparent with you guys about how my brain was kind of freaking out and resisting. And I uncovered the thought, I don't deserve him. I don't deserve all this because my brain was freaking out with all the abundance and success and the love that was happening at the same time. I know, cue your eye rolls, all the people who are heartbroken and listening right now, but wait for it because if you do this work and if you heal your heart and you will with this work, keep listening to my podcast, but there's nothing like the one-on-one coaching. Stay till the end of the episode to apply for my six-month one-on-one coaching program. It will happen to you if you've been used to attracting unavailable people, if you've been used to rubbing dimes together to pay your rent, if you've been used to watching all of your other friends thrive and succeed around you and you're still just like, why Why is it not working for me? And then you get to work and then you create the life of your dreams that is blowing your own freaking mind and your brain will go into major resistance. Gay Hendricks talks about this in his book, The Big Leap. This isn't just Claire being weird. This is is actually very, very common, which makes me feel a lot better. (laughs) But Simone was really paying attention to me being super vulnerable because here I am a heartbreak coach and I'm sharing with the world or my audience, I'm really in it right now. I feel like I'm experiencing heartbreak in my ideal relationship without my partner doing anything. If anything, he showed up for me in spades on a whole nother level, which then brought up so much more shame for me that I was freaking out. I was having 
all this shame and insecurity come up. And then I was scared that he was going to see a side of me that was really unattractive to him. Like all this old trauma came up. And so I dug deep and I leaned in and I showed up for the coaching and I let my body grieve and it was fucking painful. And I was super vulnerable with you guys about it. And that again, like I said, it was like an eight week period. And here we are in July of 2020. And July ended up being the biggest month I've ever had in my business. When we are vulnerable, when we lean into the suck, when we are honest, when we are transparent, if I was bullshitting you being like, everything's amazing, everything's amazing. And I'm fucking dying inside. I would not have had this successful month. I also think simultaneously, I was sharing with you guys, I was also receiving a lot of hate from people. I was getting nasty emails, nasty messages, judging me for talking too much about the love of my life, judging me for how much I charge. And people are still doing it, right? But I was in it and I was showing up and I was like, this is fucking me. And I'm not going to lie because Simone then said, well, what goes through your mind that makes you feel like, okay, I'm going to share this. And what I shared with her and her audience is I have two choices to stay small and safe in my fear out of what others will think or believe that it is more important to serve so many women out there who are thinking and feeling the exact same way as me. Which one do I choose? My desire to serve is bigger than my desire to indulge my fear and give a fuck about what other people think. And it's clear. I want to be very clear here. I did give a fuck what people were thinking. I was responding, you know, on this podcast to the nasty emails and to the judgments and to the hate on Instagram. I was. I mean, I think I was holding my head high and and handling it with grace, but I was addressing it. It bothered me. I'm a fucking human, right? But I'm not going to stop. A lot of people say, Claire, don't stop. Don't stop. And I'm like, guys, I'm not stopping, but I'm also going to share that I'm human. And yes, I put myself out there. And a lot of people can say, you know, you put yourself out there. You set yourself up for it. You know, yeah, I totally do. And it is worth it to me because of the amount of messages that I get from the people who say that my podcast is helping them, right? But I have to be vulnerable and I have to be willing to feel the pain of people judging me and shaming me and belittling me and berating me for my message, berating me for who I am, berating me for celebrating my happiness. Like circle back to episode five, people, my heartbreak story. There is a reason why I am here where I am now. I was broke as a joke, heartbroken, barely putting one foot in front of the other. Everything sucked. I was fighting with people all the time. I was totally a miserable victim to my circumstances in all the ways. And then I fucking cleaned my act up. And I'm 39 years old. I was still working a personal assistant job at 37 in Los Angeles. And I was living with a roommate and I lived in a really shitty little house. And I was willing, as Elizabeth Gilbert says, to eat a shit sandwich, to put all the money together, to invest in my coaching for me to have the life now. This isn't magic. This didn't happen to me. I didn't have mommy and daddy giving me money. And for those of you who have mommy and daddy giving you money, more power to you. I just hope that you use that money to the best of your advantage so that you know that you can create anything you want. It doesn't have to happen outside of you. And so I share all of this because 
I don't think, and I shared this with Simone on her podcast, I don't think the fear ever goes away. I don't think the discomfort ever goes away. It's just the reward on the other side of doing what I love and calling in the man of my dreams and being the example to those who are picking up what I'm throwing down is worth it. It has to be worth it to you. And so what I want for my clients is to know that choosing themselves and asking for their needs and implementing boundaries is worth losing the guy that they're interested in. I'm going to say that again. I want for my clients and I want for you guys, but I'm just referencing specifically my clients this week who were struggling with saying to the new guy that they're seeing one in particular, I'm actually, you know, they had seen each other a lot. And so she felt like she should say yes, because he wasn't going to be able to see her later in the week. So she said yes to plans when she was actually tired and wanted to be alone. And she was like, this is what I do. I end up overcompensating and pleasing them and put their needs first before mine. And then another client, she was noticing that the guy that she was seeing, he started to pull back a little bit. And I said to her, what's stopping you from saying, hey, I know noticed you're a little bit distant. Is everything okay? And she said, Claire, the way you said it sounds totally normal, but I'm so scared for me to say it. And I get it. And it's so fascinating because they do all this work on themselves and they build themselves up and they fall in love with themselves and they heal their hearts of over all the Mr. and Miss wrongs in their past. And they get themselves out there and they're like, yes, I'm ready to go. And I have this idea of who I want to attract. And then he or she comes into their lives and they're like, oh, all the work goes out the window. And this is so, so normal. The same thing happened with me when I first started dating my boyfriend and he was living in Santa Barbara and we met and I just fell for him immediately when I met him. And then the second weekend I went up to see him, you know, there's always that buildup right before the second date. Once you guys think that you like each other and We had a two-week period, and I was driving up again. It just feels like the stakes are so much higher because it's like this long drive, and I really knew that I liked him, but I was also nervous. Like, would it be the same? Would it be better than the first time? Would he think it's the same and better than the first time? And, you know, all those different thoughts. But one thing that I promised myself on my way up on the second time that I was seeing him was, I need to know what this man is looking for. His Bumble profile was very limited and he had had some stuff happen in his past. And I was like, is he ready for a relationship? And he was so lovely and so available and so kind and so inviting. And I felt like he really liked me. And yet I was so scared to ask the question in the same way my client said, well, Claire, the way you say it is totally normal. And I've popped off about this in previous episodes. Just tell people who you are, tell them what you're looking for, be unfucking apologetic about it, because wouldn't you rather know now than later? And yet I was like, <laughs> when I wanted to ask my guy, but I kept saying to myself, be the example for your clients. You would totally kick your client's ass if you didn't ask. And I was so scared to ask. And he kind of gave a very, um, a non-direct answer. I, I, I eventually did say, you know, what is it that you're looking for? Cause your Bumble profile, unlike mine, barely says anything. And he was like, well, isn't everyone looking for a relationship? Um, no, sir. I live in Los Angeles, the land of Peter Pan's and not everyone is looking for a relationship. And we had a laugh about it, but I was like, you're still not directly answering the question. And I wanted to shit my pants. I felt so, you're welcome for the visual. 
I felt so nervous, but I said to him, I'm like, you didn't really answer the question. And I said it just like that. And I said, let me be clear. This is the second time we're hanging out. I'm not asking you, do you want a relationship with me? I'm just asking what you're looking for because you live here. I live in LA. I do know what I'm looking for. And I know that I really like you in the little bit of time that we've spent together. So, you know, it's just good information for me because you guys, if he said, I'm just really looking for something casual, like you're cool and I'd like to have some fun, but you know, I'm not really looking for anything more. I would have been out because the result that I was very intentional on creating is to find the partner of my dreams, the love of my life. And the love of my life was definitely going to be looking for the same thing that I was looking for. And yay me. He didn't say that. He said that he is emotionally ready and he is looking to be in something really great and expressed, you know, similar feelings to me. And we were both very aware that it was an, it was early days, but I was not going to keep trucking my ass back and forth between LA and Santa Barbara. And a lot of people have opinions. Why were you driving up to Santa Barbara? Why didn't he come down? I wanted to go up I work all day in my apartment and I wanted to escape up. It was so nice. It just felt, I felt like I was always going on like a bachelorette, like I was the bachelorette and I was like going on our like little escape and Santa Barbara's just so gorgeous. And obviously I fell in love with it and him because I moved here, but I was not going to haul my ass up and back and forth without that information. And some of you listening might be in your early 20s, or you might even be teenagers or mid 20s. And, you know, you're playing the whole, I'm just cool and, you know, whatever. But really deep down, you're looking for a boyfriend. And some of you might just be cool, whatever. And so more power to you if that is the case. There is nothing wrong with it. But be really honest and clear with yourself. And if you are, 24 and listening to this podcast and you know that you really like someone and he's just like casually popping up and you guys are just casually hooking up and sometimes you hear from him and sometimes you don't and you're just like playing the cool girl. I just flipped my hair (laughs) for the visual that you guys can't see. You know, don't just say, oh, well, I'm only 24, so I shouldn't care. When I was 16, I dated, I started to date someone and we broke up at 24 the first love of my life, eight years. I really wanted a boyfriend and I wanted to be in a relationship. Obviously we didn't work out, but there are boys and men. I'm just thinking 16, but I actually consider that guy a man because he was awesome. But there are guys in their twenties who want relationships. So If the result you want is to be in a relationship, but you're just like hanging around with Mr. Casual and like diminishing your own needs and diminishing your own desires because, well, you really like him. And so you'd rather just settle to be with him than be vulnerable and say, hey, dude, I really like you and I'm not looking for something casual. And if you're off and running around and fucking other girls and dating other girls and I'm just like one of your many, then I'm not interested. And I know it sucks. I know it's painful and nobody wants to to feel rejected because then what if he says, okay, bye, right? That's like the biggest fear, right? That's the possibility of being attacked or harmed in that definition. But I think another version of that is feeling rejected or abandoned. But can you imagine if you really believe, and you've been listening to this podcast,
podcast and you know that your thoughts create your results and the result that you are looking for is to be in your ideal relationship. The person in your ideal relationship wants to be committed to you. He wants to show up with you. He does not want you to feel like you're playing guessing games in your brain about whether he is or is not interested. So if the result you want is true love and partnership and he isn't showing up in that way, then he is not your result. You just have a thought that you want him, but you couldn't possibly want the result of him being your person if he isn't showing up as your ideal person would. (laughs) I don't even know if I could repeat what I just said, but I just felt like something was channeling through me as I said that. But again, let me slow that down. If you have a result that you desire to be with your ideal person, but then your heart is pulled towards a Mr. Unavailable who's showing up. And this isn't just to my ladies who are in their 20s. My point of addressing my listeners who are in their 20s is don't don't diminish your needs just because you're young and you want to play it cool and casual. You know, I will say my position was I was 38 when I met him. I'm 39 now, no big difference, but I was 38. I was very clear about what I wanted and we had a two and a half hour um, drive between us. And so I really knew that I had strong feelings for him, but I just knew that I was in a place where I wasn't fucking around anymore. And I did all those things. I'm speaking to my ladies in their 20s who are listening that I wished I had a podcast like this to say, your needs and your desires are totally valid. And just because he might not want the same things and you have these strong feelings for him, it's going to be really fucking painful. But this is the vulnerability part that is so bad ass. If you're like, well, you know what? I'm awesome. Don't say that to him because that sounds like really like, what is the word? You actually come off as insecure. I think when you're like, I'm awesome, but you're thinking the thoughts I'm awesome on the inside. And it's like, listen, I really like you. And I'm just going to own that. I really like you, but it's clear that you're not into some, you know, the kind of commitment that I'm looking for. So this is where I walk away. And what you're really ultimately doing is honoring yourself more than you're honoring him. And this is where it gets confusing because people are like, but how am I honoring myself if I have really strong feelings for him and I'm cutting him out because he's not giving you what you want and you deserve what you want. But asking for what you want from someone who you can tell doesn't want to give you the same things is really fucking vulnerable. But this is the work. Wouldn't you rather know now than hang around and invest your heart and time and energy into someone who doesn't want the same things, which is exactly what I was offering to my clients this week. If you say no to a guy because you've already spent enough time with him in the short period of time that you've known him and you just want to do you one night and he's going to reject you for that, which again, it's impossible for him to reject you. That's a story. I just always say reject because I know that that's automatically what someone would think, right? But if he says, oh, I'm no longer interested because she didn't want to hang out a third night in a row, right? Then boy, bye. And if you've been dating someone for six weeks and you've been sleeping with him regularly and you guys have regular, you know, hangs happening and all of a sudden he pulls back a little bit and you're like, hey, what's up? Or is all everything good? I just feel like, you know, I haven't heard from you as much. And if he's like, oh my God, you're crazy. Like, whoa, you're super intense and controlling. Whoa, that's on him. Thank you for showing me who you are. 
And if asking that question then leads him to saying, well, I've been pulling back actually because I don't think that I am as interested as I thought I was, that would fucking suck. But wouldn't you be so glad that you got the truth so that you could move on and then refocus on the result of finding your ideal person? Your ideal person is out there, but your thoughts have to focus on him being out there. It's the same as me calling in my clients. When I'm talking to the haters, which I really was doing for a period of time, the flow of clients coming in was a lot slower. When I shifted out of this river of misery and renewed my vows with my clients, renewed my vows with my partner, renewed my vows with myself, and renewed my vows with my future clients, I ended up having the biggest month of July 2020 is the biggest month I've had in my business to date because I am now just speaking to my people. I am intentionally focusing on the people who love me, not on the people who hate me. I just don't have time for that. Multi-million dollar Claire, I'm always thinking in the future version of me and where my business is going and and serving as many hearts as possible. That is my mission is to have as many women out there know how to heal their hearts and make my, my approach as accessible as possible. This is what I'm in the works of doing right now. That woman, that future version of me is just like, what? Ever to the people who judge me on all the happiness and abundance and love I've created in my life. I want to focus on the people who are listening to this podcast who are hurting right now and who see me as the example and who appreciate my passion for showing you guys how to do it. Those are my people, but I have to be willing to pay the price of dealing with haters. That is par for the course. Whenever I talk to a new coach who's like, oh, I'm just scared of what people are going to think. I think people are going to judge me. I'm like, then this is not the line of work that you should pursue. (laughs) Truly, haters are going to hate. And we know this with, you know, our culture today with reality TV. And you guys know I'm a sucker for some reality TV Selling sunset. Oh my goodness. Tune in if you have not already. But, you know, America loves to watch people suffer. America loves to take happy people down. It's, it's just our culture. And, you know, obviously there's a really positive aspect of our culture and that's what I choose to focus on. But especially in times like these, I mean, the world feels like it's falling apart on so many levels. People are miserable right now and misery loves company. So am I going to focus on that or am I going to focus on how the fact that we are in a pandemic and my business has hit a milestone because my thoughts create my results. I believe that dating during the pandemic is the best time to find someone right now because those are my thoughts. And I believe that so much for my clients. And that is why four of my clients have found love in this, in this pandemic. And a couple of these people in the past week, these are even newer budding relationships that are unfolding because I believe that because of the pandemic and people are at home and they are alone and they are reevaluating their needs and their wants and their desires and they're longing for connection and they're realizing they want connection. This is what Brene Brown talks about in all of her vulnerability work. We as humans are put on this earth to 
create connections with each other. And so this is the time. People are FaceTiming much quicker through the dating apps because it's like, let's not fuck around. Let's just get on, let's just get on FaceTime and decide if we're interested in eventually meeting to social distance walk and then maybe take our masks off. Behave, people, behave. <laughs> but even when the pandemic is over, you know, I think FaceTiming is going to be way more common. I never FaceTimed with anyone before a date because obviously I I met my boyfriend before the pandemic, but now this is what's becoming much more common. And I think connections are having happening way quicker. And I think it's just really, really exciting. And I believe that the reason why my business is thriving right now in the pandemic is because I decided Yes, a lot of people have lost money in the pandemic and a lot of people are making a fuck ton of money in the pandemic and want to do the work on themselves. They're at home, they're alone with their minds and they're sick of their patterns and they're sick of pining for Mr. or Miss Wrong and they are ready to do the work. And I focus on them and then they come. It's not magic, it's not woo-woo, it feels like it. It's actually science and it works. And it is a muscle that you have to keep building on the regular in the same way that you would go to the gym. So my morning practice, I've been talking about this. I did an episode called How Committed Are You? Exactly halfway through the year. I am so committed to December 2020. Claire, who I'm becoming, the businesswoman that I'm, the next level businesswoman I'm becoming, the next level partner that I'm becoming, the thoughts that I would think in those particular goals. And it is fucking mind blowing. And there are things that are just happening in my personal life that I'm not yet ready to talk about but I've been committing my brain for those things to unfold in a particular way. And it's, it's happening because I'm focusing on the possibility of the beauty of all of it unfolding in an amazing way, instead of focusing on it from a fear-based way, which was what I was doing when I initially moved here. So the work works, my loves lean into the vulnerability. It is worth it. It will suck if that person doesn't accept you for who you are, but then, you know, and at the end of the day, you always win because you put your head on the pillow, knowing that you chose you, knowing that you expressed your needs, knowing that you asked for what you wanted, knowing that you stated your desires to that person. And then truly the universe heard that desire. So even if you move through the suck of it, not being that person, you are showing up in an up-leveled way and not fucking around and not pretending to be something that you're not that ultimately will end up blowing up in your face. Because these few clients this week who I've been working with for a long time now, and I know them really well, they came to me off the heels of relationships where they were not their authentic selves. And it was never going to work. If you were not asking for your needs. And I don't mean this in a way of like, well, this is me and these are my needs. So take me or leave me, right? It's expressing, hey, this is what's going on with me. This is what's coming up for me. I would love to see you again. But to be honest, I really need a night alone. Hey, I like you. And we've been spending a lot of time together. I noticed you were a little distant. Is everything okay? He ultimately said everything is okay. And then I said to my client, you know, have you guys had the exclusivity conversation? Because you've been sleeping together. You've been hanging out regularly. You've met his kids. You're getting along with them. Have you talked about what it is he's looking for? And she said, well, I just assume, like, obviously. And I'm like, assume is making an ass out of you and me. Don't assume. 
ask. And she's like, I'm too scared. (laughs) Again, the work goes out the window on loving yourself and owning you when you start to have those vulnerable, giddy feels for someone. But this is the work. And it's going to feel so tight in your belly and you're going to get hot and you're going to want to shit your pants and (laughs) all the things. But at the end of the day, on the other side of it, whether it's an answer or response that is really disappointing or it's an answer or response that is everything you want it to be, then you've just taken yourselves to the next level. I'm going to share this tidbit. I don't know if I've shared this before. Maybe I have, but my boyfriend and I met at the end of September. And then in the beginning of December, we both thought that the other person was pulling back. And I was like, oh, fuck. This is the other shoe dropping, all the old thoughts resurfacing. And he had thought the same thing. And we were kind of both pulling back from each other. And I didn't know what to do when I was traveling. So I was kind of just like laying low and we were still connecting, but I felt like his texts were a little bit colder and he thought mine were a little bit colder. And ultimately he said, is everything okay with you? And I, I didn't, I was just, oh, I, I, I'm now like just feeling vulnerable and hot thinking about that moment. And I still kind of covered over and I'm like, yeah, um, I, I gave some, oh, I know I gave a short answer because he had family in town, but I really wanted to say, I feel like you're pulling back, but he had family in town. And so I didn't know what to say. So I gave kind of like a short text and I didn't give, I, and this is again, also a lesson in text exchanges. The written word can be easily misinterpreted, but I had given kind of a, a, a very delayed because I like obsessed over what do I say? How do I phrase it back in a way that's like cool, but also honest. And it was, he did not receive it well. (laughs) He still thought, oh, she's pulling back. And then I kind of felt his coldness. And then I eventually said, are you okay? And he's like, I feel like you're pulling back. And it ended up being one of the most beautiful conversations that really solidified our feelings for each other. I mean, we knew that we were feeling strongly for each other every time we spent together, but it was really that kind of come to Jesus, like, I'm really liking you. I'm really liking you. And when I thought that like, this could not be something, it made me really realize like how much more I like you, because I think we were both pretty confident and on the same page. And I can't even remember the details now of what it was that made the other person think that, you know, the other person was pulling back, but it ended up being like a a pivotal conversation that cut to, it was a week later where we told each other that we loved each other. And that was the first time that I said, I love you in nine years. And he had kind of alluded to saying that he was in love with me a couple of times. And it was weird for him because it had been a long time for him. And I just remember I blatantly said it. I was the one that was just like, I'm in love with you. (laughs) And I remember because I had built this vulnerability muscle for so long with being so honest and transparent with you guys. And even in my dating life leading up to him, I was vulnerable with little man children running about LA. I had no problem being like, listen, I like you. And you dropped the ball again about plans. It's clear to me that we are not on the same pages. If you ever find that you do want to show up and you are interested in like trying this out, let me know. But I'm I'm not going to put up with this bullshit, right? So I had really been building 
this muscle of just like owning who I am and my interest and my feelings. But it had been nine years since I said, I love you. And he had kind of alluded to it in the moment. And I just put my arms around him and I was just like, I'm in love with you. I have been, and I wanted to say it. (laughs) And it just, if we hadn't been, we could have both just shut down that week before and been like, he's being weird. I'm just going to pull back and I'm not going to ask and I'm just going to stay small and safe and just like act cool and like, I don't care. And then we would have missed this amazing opportunity. On the flip side, you know, I could have said, are you pulling back? And he said, yeah, because I'm not interested anymore. Sorry, I wish you the best. That would have sucked, but then I would have had my answer. Am I making myself clear, my loves? Vulnerability is never going to be comfortable. There's a reason why the definition is the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. But I put vulnerability as one of the qualities that I was looking for on my Bumble profile. This is another thing. Say who you are on your Bumble profile. If a man is turned off by you saying that you're looking for a relationship, then he is not your man. Good. Let him know. Let him swipe left on you. Own what you are looking for. Own who you are. Do not apologize for it. The right person is going to love you even more for it. The right person is going to love you even more for being direct, for being honest, for being vulnerable. On my first date with my boyfriend, he said, one of the things that you put on your profile was that you were really looking for someone to be vulnerable with. And I loved that you wrote that. And I was like, oh, (laughs) cue the hair flip again. (gasps) Thanks. (laughs) It's uncomfortable, but it is so worth it, my loves. And I will continue to stay true to my word and be as honest and transparent with you guys through all the ups and all the downs. And I encourage you to do the same, not just in your love lives, but in all areas of your life. And I know there is gold waiting on the other side of it when you are honoring your most authentic self and when you are expressing your needs and your boundaries with grace and kindness and compassion. This is not cross the arms and these are my needs and this is who I am. No, it's like, hey, this is me. I had so much fun hanging out with you tonight. I just need to, you know, have some me time or, hey, I really like you. I feel like you're you're a little bit distant. Is all okay with you? Is something going on? Or, hey, I'm in love with you. And I remember thinking, I'm willing to tell him that I love him, even if he's not ready to say it back. Because it was pretty quick. But I knew that he had been through a lot in his past. And I just wanted to show up in a way. And I wanted to be the person to move here. I wanted to love him on a level and show him love on a level that I didn't need him to give back to me because I just already felt it and didn't need it to be said, which was major growth on my end because I was always so scared of giving more and not receiving it. And then that meaning that I wasn't worthy or I wasn't enough. Brooke Castillo and Byron Katie talk about this all the time. What if your only job in your relationship is to love that person? One of the thoughts that I have in the future version of me for December 2020, Claire, which is also a thought (laughs) that I do like to commit to today, but to really embrace it as he and I grow old together is I love letting him be totally him and me be totally me. 
and just fully accepting him for all of him and him accepting me for all of me. Because yeah, we're still in the honeymoon phase and we want to commit to the honeymoon phase and you can commit to the honeymoon phase with your thoughts. But I know there are things about him that he's like, okay. (laughs) And there are things about him that I'm like, okay. Right. But that I choose to accept and love all of him because that just makes my life that much easier. And that makes his life that much easier. So if any of you who are listening and are in relationships, this is not for those of you who are listening and in relationships with narcissists or people who are not treating you with kindness or respecting you or being hot and cold with you, flaky with you, pushing you away, pulling you back in. That is a whole different ballgame. I do not encourage, oh, just love him for all of him. No, 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 no. That is a totally different thing. But I think when you go all in with one person and you commit to that person for forever and you want to build on being vulnerable with that person and loving that person and being honest and authentic with that person and you want them to, to be the same, you will be required in or if, if the result that you want is for this relationship to last and thrive and flourish and be amazing and be that there's so many cute couples in Santa Barbara who hold hands walking on the beach, old couples. I'm like, is that going to be us? I think a huge component of that is choosing the entire person and choosing to love and accept the entire person. And I think it's actually easier for me and will be easier for me to love and accept all of him if I'm showing up as my most vulnerable, authentic self and he is with me. And I encourage that for all of you, as scary and as uncomfortable as it is, it is so, so worth it. You are so, so worth it to be able to show up in your life in all aspects of your life and be you and love on you and offer you up and know that you are enough, even if someone else isn't going to get on board with that. Oh, it's so amazing and rewarding on the other side of it. And it's not going to kill you. It might feel like you want to die, but you will not. So that's great news. I hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode and just pause and think, where in my life do I want to be more vulnerable? Maybe you're already being super vulnerable in your love lives, Can you take it to that next level? Is there something that you want to share with the person that you're dating? Or is there some way that you want to show up? Or is there some boundary that you want to implement, but you're scared to do because you're scared of being rejected or abandoned? If that's the case, are you willing to do it at the cost of someone, quote unquote, hurting you so that you can honor your most authentic self? I guarantee you the gold on the other side of that is awaiting even if you can't fully see it. So much love, my loves. Until next time. Bye. Hey, love. If you're picking up what I'm throwing down and would like to deepen this work with me as your coach, go to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com forward slash work dash with dash me and apply for my six month one-on-one coaching program where we'll not only heal your heart, but take your entire life to the next level. I can't wait to read your application.